0: afternoon good evening and welcome it is the live Q&A with plastic surgeon to the stars JJ Stiano that's right yours truly I'm here I'm doing the login for the Instagram because I'm multi-channel uh, live Q&A with plastic surgeon I'm multi-channel so I'm doing that now as we speak prepare your questions because it's going to be a big one tonight I can I can promise you that It's going to be a big one. Uh, Yes, we're locked down. Actually, there's no lockdown questions. I've got something to say. Well, actually, there is some sort of lockdown question, so I've I've got stuff to say about where we're at. Right, there we go. Go live. How do I go? I I know how to go live. Come on. So um, if you've got questions, please ask them. But if you haven't got questions, do not worry. Do not worry because it um i've got some so i'm gonna crack on you know what i mean i'm just gonna get on with it because that's how I, I that's how i roll you know taking care of business right um and i did get some questions on instagram didn't i now it's not on that it's okay i made a note of them right now question number one oh hold on a minute hold on we got a question on instagram straight in how do i know bbl has necrosis so uh, that's a that's a bit of an alarming question, Melanin. Melanin's asked on Instagram: How do I know if BBL? So BBL Brazilian butt lift. Um, so Brazilian butt lift is uh, traditionally uh, fat, ne- um, fat grafting to the buttock. So if you're talking about necrosis, can I just say I'm assuming everything's working? It's a fair assumption. Yeah, we'll just we'll just crack on. Uh, if you're talking about um, necrosis then uh, there's uh, skin necrosis is one thing and you'd know about skin necrosis because the skin would go black or at least mottled got a question about that here actually Um, but uh, yeah hardening so what you're talking about there melanin is actually fat necrosis so fat necrosis is more common with fat grafting so uh, a brazilian butt lift is usually fat grafting so fat injected into the buttock and one of the risks of injecting fat in two places is it has to take like a graft and if it doesn't take it get it dies and forms a hard lump so uh, if you have got uh, hard lumps melanin uh, then that sounds like it may well be fat necrosis and um, what I would normally say to I don't do Brazilian butt lift so just to disclose myself on Brazilian butt lift but in general terms of fat necrosis after fat grafting so I do quite a lot of fat grafting you've got to be a bit careful with fat grafting because obviously if you inject too much you get necrosis and if you get too little you get subtle results so I'm more on the subtle results side than the high volume side um, but, but, but buttocks you often need to do high volumes so um, so the what I would normally say if you've got uh, if you're worried about necrosis then uh, it's basically scar tissue of the fat so you would wait to see if the scar tissue softened so if you have got hardening then I would wait to see if it's softened I would advise you to massage it and wait to see if it's softened and give it some time um minimum three months ideally six to twelve months really for um for waiting it to rip to soften and if it doesn't soften if you still have fat necrosis and hard lumps you can remove those hard lumps um surgically it would mean a scar but uh, sometimes if you most of the work that i do is breasts so if you do fat graft into the breast and get some fat necrosis if it doesn't soften and settle over time you can remove those hard lumps but um give it time is my answer to that melanin uh, Khan says, all is good. Khan, long time no see. How are you? And I'm glad that all is good. Or do you mean all is good with the sound? <laughs> Maybe you mean all is good with the sound. But anyway, either way, good, glad to see you. Uh, oh, hold on a minute, fat necrosis, uh, melanin. If you leave in the fat necrosis, it dangerous. No, melanin, it is not. So if you, the only thing I would preface that is to say, most of the work I do is breast. So if someone has a hard lump in the breast, we might think, hold on a minute, is that fat, we just better check and biopsy it. Buttock, obviously you're not worried about um, lumps in the buttock, you know, breast could be a sort of breast cancer that you're calling fat necrosis. But um, so if you had some fat necrosis in the breast, you might be concerned. But fat necrosis in itself is nothing to worry about and is not dangerous and you don't have to worry about and and you don't have to do anything about it. It is just uncomfortable and it can be unsightly. So you may want to have something removed. But that is not dangerous in itself, Melanin. That is not why people come to harm with Brazilian butt lift. It is not fat fat necrosis that causes the problems. It's fat being injected into the vessels and then causes, goes around your body, causes blockages in your lungs and and things like that so uh a fat, uh, you know t- t- if, if there's been uh, some fat that's died and caused a hard lump in your butt t- totally not dangerous massage it stick with your surgeon as always talk to your surgeon about it but uh, yeah it's not in itself anything to worry about um what we got here on facebook we've got jojo 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 Jo jojo jojo jo, 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 jo. Um, I've been investigated for a Stanlos syndrome as I have weak connective tissue of a diastasis recti and an umbilical hernia and really want a tummy tuck. Would you still operate in these circumstances? Two parts to that question, Joe, 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 Joe. Uh, first part is at the moment. Second part is ever at the moment. And this goes on with Jay's question. Are you doing surgery at the moment? So, um, in answer to the sort of general term, are we doing surgery in the moment? Um, then the answer is yes we are but we are very aware of what is going on in the world and in the country and in the nhs mainly uh and what we um we've sort of all got together in terms of the sort of plastic surgeons particularly ones who own clinics and things and it's been you know we, we don't want to put any pressure on the NHS so we are still seeing people we are still treating people we don't want to put any pressure on the NHS so for that reason we're not doing anything that might remotely need to have any help from the NHS any sort of help into hospital transport for and God help us any ITU care so that means operating on people who are what's called ASA 1 which is um, ASA is like an anesthetic grade of how um, uh, you've got any medical problems, basically. So I- ideally, people without medical problems, really. So, um, you know, that, that any sort of medical problem would be, we'd be thinking, oh, God, if there's any risk that this is not straightforward, I think we'd be saying to you, look, at the moment, things are pretty uh, sketchy at the NHS. So let's you know, can we just do it later on sort of thing when things are better? So um, at the moment, I think things might be a bit sketchy. In general terms though, Joe, 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 operating on someone with EARLOS-DANLOS is possible, but you would have to have a proper consultation because the reason, the thing about earlos Stanlos is you, um, your skin is hyperelastic, as you say, weak connective tissue, and so what we um so there is a risk of wound healing problems and one of the things with the t- tummy tuck is uh you know concerns in terms of wound healing and what have you so you are increasing your risks in those terms so it's not that you couldn't have a tummy tuck but it was just it's just that you would have an increased risk of uh wound healing problems um so that's that's what that's you know that so it's a yes but it's 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 a it's a yes but possibly not at the moment you see bio doll my fav fav fave fav, how do you pronounce fav? fave fave has got an e on it doesn't it but anyway uh, blue trolley dolly blue trolley dolly's in the house are you doing surgeries at the moment? you know no. where when will you be back operating and this would be my third breast augmentation how can i ensure it how can i ensure i will the re- i will the result i require this time what i sh- what should i be asking for um i don't know teresa what should you be asking for I don't, I don't what do you want what do you want um I've got to be honest with you, Teresa, it is a bit like the law of diminishing returns with, with, uh, with surgery in general, particularly sort of breast implant surgery. The problem with breast implant surgery is you get scar tissue around the implant, which causes what's called capsular contracture, which is hardening around the implant. And every time you do surgery, you get more scar tissue. So I've got to be honest with you, Teresa, we try and minimise the amount of operations. So you're saying it's my third one and I want to be sure I get the result I want. I'd be saying to you, it's your third one you're probably going to get a worse result every time to raise it's horrible to say unless you've had a specific problem after one of them or you know they're not placed right and you might be able to place them better but um i guess it depends on why you're having the the um the, this you know why you're having three operations but in general terms more operations is not good Teresa, and um you want to sort of minimize your surgeries to the breast and how can i ensure i get the result Well. I've got to be honest with you, Teresa. Good God, I wish I could ensure that you would. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm your surgeon, but whoever your surgeon is, you know, we wish we could ensure you get the result you want. We wish wish we could say to you, yes, you're going to get the result. Bottom line, Teresa, you can't ensure you're going to get the result you want. You can just do your best to make sure you've um, um, explained your goals and your wishes to your surgeon, perhaps looked some looked at some results, maybe spoken spoke to some other patients of the of your surgeon and thought that you might have a good chance of getting a good outcome. Sounds awful, that, doesn't it? But I mean, obviously, we hope everybody gets a good outcome. But if someone says, I want to, how can I ensure I get a good outcome? There's no answer to that. If there was an answer, we'd all do it, wouldn't we? We'd all go into surgery and say, right, I'm going to do what he said to make sure I get a good outcome you know, every patient wants a good outcome, every surgeon wants a good outcome, but I think it's about making sure you can talk to your surgeon, making sure you've got time to... Um, <laughs> making sure you've got time to um, to discuss your outcomes and what you want and uh, feeling comfortable that, um, that that's gonna, that's, you know, that that's a realistic goal, that you've got realistic goals. And that's the name of the game, Teresa. realistic goals, realistic expectations. Um, that is the name of the game. So hopefully making sure your expectations align with your surgeons and that is probably your best hope of getting a good result. And positivity, you've got a positive thinking. Um, I don't know if that's the answer you wanted, Teresa, but uh, Jane, your jumper matches your beard, it looks weird. <laughs> Does my jumper match my beard? That's embarrassing, isn't it? It's embarrassing. What's going on here? I'm not touching my boobs at all because people never satisfied with the results. You go, UC BioDoll. I'm not sure I would completely endorse that comment, UC BioDoll, since I do a lot of boob surgery. But if that's you know, you go, sister, absolutely in Emp- power yourself sorrel island i have PA surgery booked in with mr khan through your clinic and i'm so excited as am i sorrel as am i very excited and um good luck with that he'll look after you uh danny would you ever put an implant in while doing breast reduction to ensure desired shape good question danny no not my thing people do do it people do do breast reduction and then put an implant in to give fullness in the upper pole because when you do a breast reduction the fullness is up here and then it settles and uh it it, you don't get sustained fullness so if you want that full look then an implant does give you that full look but if you want to be smaller and the full look it's a bit it's a bit counterintuitive so some people over reduce and use an implant to give the full look I don't like that technique, Danny, and it's not really something that I would like doing because I don't like taking out healthy natural breast tissue and replacing it with an implant because an implant could have problems in the future. So um, I don't – oh, I should take that off. I don't like um, I don't like that, that technique, but it is a technique, and some people do. So uh, it's it's a thing. Didn't notice the beard and jumper. He's living the dream, isn't it? Yeah. You, oh, my God. I've <laughs> got emoji. Central. How, got God, what, oh, sorry, Facebook. I can see Facebook. I'm going to do a couple, I'm just going to do one more Instagram question, then I'll go to Facebook. Um How long after surgery are you safe to fly? Guess the job from the Instagram name. Blue Trolley Dolly. Blue Trolley Dolly. I'll guess Trolley Dolly. We could be British Rail, couldn't it? You have Trolley dollies in British Rail, don't you? Anyway, how long after surgery are you safe to fly? The answer to that Blue Trolley Dolly the easy answer to that is six weeks. I'll be told I ramble a bit, so shall I just say that six weeks? I'll just say that six weeks. But if you want me to ramble a bit, the rambling answer is that if you have to uh, dry, uh, fly, you can fly. You're not going to be stopped at the airport if you had surgery last week. But it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be swollen, and you might need some. Um, you might get some wound healing problems. So you really want to make sure you haven't got any wound healing problems and everything settled before you um, fly. Um, and around six weeks, things will start to be settled. They'll probably still be a bit swollen. The sort will of be uncomfortable. So if you're going on holiday, you might want to leave it a bit longer. But if you're doing work, you might you might possibly be able to go sooner, as long well as you're not doing anything too heavy. Because you want to avoid anything too heavy for four to six weeks after surgery. Right, I am going to go because this is kicked off now. Facebook, are you doing surgery? Mate? When you be operating? I've done that one. How can I have a consult? How can I have a consultation, please, Jay? You can have a consultation by all means. Message me, and we'll sort it out. Message me, and do give us your uh, give us your phone number, or, or or just say what day or something. Um, just just message and or ring. 0121 454 3680. four five four three six eight zero. They're not there at the moment, but you know that's what that's the number. Michelle says hi hi Michelle. Long time no see Michelle. Where you been, you know you can come back if you've got any problems or even if you haven't got problems. You know you're always welcome, Michelle. It'd be lovely to see you, just to see how things are going. Now, Liz has used the appropriate hashtag there, everybody. Liz, hashtag Ask JJ. we are not going to get this trending if we don't, do you do trending on Facebook or is that just Twitter? Does trending exist? Anyway, we're not going to get this to be famous if we don't all embrace it, people. So Liz, well done for getting the hashtag in there. Does everyone have, who has a tummy tuck find they are numb in parts across their scar? It is, is possible to retain that feeling. So, no, not everybody finds they're numb in parts. Early on, I would say, Liz, it is very common for how to have numbness uh, around the scar, between the scar and the belly button, over the skin, feels weird. So, it is very common to have numbness early on, but it does not um it is not a, a definite that you're going to have permanent numbness um but having said that it can take nine to 12 months to come back to life so it does take a long time for nerves to recover so um you know i don't know how long ago your tummy tuck was if indeed you have had a tummy tuck but uh, then it can take a while for it to come back um nick hi there can you do a full tummy tuck gynecomastia surgery and fat transfer on the pecs uh, hashtag ask jj it on nick um yes it can be done Uh, i don't do fat transfer to the pecs nick that's not really my thing um i don't do fat transfer to to the pecs uh i do do full tummy tuck and gynecomastia again at the moment we wouldn't do that we were we are not doing combined procedures at the moment because of coronavirus being gone off the scale and gone mental and so we're only doing straightforward cases if you like But in, you know, hopefully in a few months, things will get better. And certainly that would be a reasonable combination to do, although quite a lot to do, I've got to be honest. Um, And I would find it a little bit counterintuitive having gynecomastia surgery, which is removing fat and glandular tissue from the pecs, if you like, and then doing fat transfer on the pecs. I think that would be counterintuitively. So I wouldn't do that. You know, gynecomastia and tummy tuck, yes. But to only take the fat off and then inject fat back in, Sounds not quite right to me, but that's just me. Who am I to say? Claudio Stiano is in the house. Ciao, Claudio. When did you give that message? Are you still here? Sorry, I've been a bit late. Ciao, Claudio. Come stai. Hey, Tutti Aposto. Hmm? Tutti Aposto. How are you, Claudio? Um, Claudio is my cousin, everyone. Claudio, lovely to see you here. And I hope everything is okay over there i hope you're surviving um lockdown on the island of capri huh living the dream huh? we i'm in lockdown in birmingham are you even locked down is capri locked down anyway lovely to see you claudio lovely to see you give my love to everyone who knows me give my love to the family um I will tell dad that you that you said hello um michelle Whitaker. do we have to replace our implants after a period of time i can't remember what you said michelle come back to clinic and we'll have a wrap about it but the answer is no you don't have to replace your implants after a certain period of time a lot of people think you need to re- re- replace your implants god this is mental replace your implants after a certain period of time but you don't uh however they can go hard after a certain period of time, which I normally say is five or 10 years. And if they go hard, you might want to have them replaced. So you don't have to have them replaced, but after around five or 10 years, they might go hard and you might want to have them replaced. So basically, Michelle, if they're not hard, no, you don't have them replaced. If they're hard, you might have them replaced. So having said, you're welcome to come back to the clinic, which you are, and I offer everybody a yearly follow-up and say, look, come back anytime If you've got any questions or concerns, actually if you haven't got any concerns if you're happy with them that's fine you don't have to come back to clinic you know if if you need them replaced you'll know about it Sort of thing. i'm not going to tell you oh i'm not going to find something and tell you you need them to replace it'll be driven by you because it'll be hard and uncomfortable and and actually the longer you leave them the better actually when that happens if that happens let's hope it doesn't um let's see what's going on on instagram because this is I've always joked about being an influencer. I feel like this is what it's like being an influencer, I'm sure. Can you do a tummy tuck, lipo, and breast lift at the same time with a BMI 28? UC BioDoll, yes. In, normal, in a normal world, yes, you can do a tummy tuck, lipo, and breast lift at the same time. Perfectly reasonable, perfectly normal combination. In this world as it stands today, no, we are not doing combined procedures at the moment. We're not doing procedures on anyone who would remotely need any sort of intervention from the health service so we're trying to keep it to smaller procedures single procedures not joint procedures and single procedures which are less than three hours ideally um three four hours is sort of cut off so that would not be um a a go at, at this present time but in you know a month three months six months i don't know once the world stabilizes please um then you know under normal cirques that would be reasonable you see you see uh i'm an air hostess that's why i asked there you go blue trolley dolly thanks so much thank you for asking hashtag ask jj sorry i'm late it's my birthday jackie crimes is the star instagram uh, viewer i know you're always here jackie go and put your feet up what are you doing watching this guy ramble on on your birthday for goodness sake Go and you know what time is it 727 really channel 17 antiques road trip I'm not going to be there in a minute so get yourself over there come on live the dream all these people are waving but how long should it take you to wear a farger after tummy tuck and liposuction? did someone else have I seen this I've seen this somewhere about a farger well, I mean what's a farger? What's, what's, what I, I'm sorry. What is a? Someone said it was a. It was a. Is it a? Is it? Is it a? Um, I'm sorry. I don't know what a pharger is. Someone said it was a binder or some kind of garment. Um, as a general rule, you see doll, I'm going to say six weeks because six weeks is when things sort of starting to settle. Six weeks to to to, to three months. But um, yeah, I'm not not sure what a is. I'm afraid. Oh God, what have I done? Um, body corset okay yeah six weeks i would say maybe you can start wearing it but it might hurt it might be uncomfortable because you might still be a bit swollen a bit so i would say you can start doing things like wearing stuff like that and being me being more a bit more active at six weeks um well body corset i mean if it's a sort of body corset i mean we give you a sort of corset thing after the surgery so it might be helpful straight away but i'm not sure what it is but um if it's going to be a bit potentially a bit uncomfortable, I would say six weeks you can start seeing how it feels. Um, Beverly Stretch, hello Sue, good to see you. Beverly Stretch asks, I had a reduction in uplift. I'm six weeks post op, but the nipples seem to be in the same position as they were previously. Will this change? Do you think? Um, hmm. Mm not really no um no i don't think they will beverly i'll be a bit worried about that beverly i mean what do you mean the same position they were post-op we measure it from the from the sternal notch to there and and it should be sort of shorter but what i would say to you beverly is that six weeks is early days and it does take a while for things to settle so i would say minimum three months to let things settle but um it's a bit of a thing. I think you need to talk to your surgeon, Beverly. If I'm, am I, if I'm your surgeon, talk to me. But if not, talk to your surgeon. I know you are talking to me, but talk to me in the clinic sort of thing. Um, but uh, but um, no, I don't think that sounds great. Uh, Sue has sent a request. I don't think you meant that. Did you Sue? Most people don't. I think straight away, don't know the term you use. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, good luck with that, Beverly. Hopefully that'll settle. Hashtag Ask JJ. Thank you very much, Liz. Um, I had an umbilical hernia. I had, a, I had an umbilical hernia repair with my last two pregnancies around seven years ago, which were pushed back in every time they popped out. Does this mean they'll still be there when I have a tummy tuck? Would it increase chance of complications or make the tummy tuck procedure more risky? No, it probably will mean that they'll still be there. Um, with the time with the tummy tuck um and if it's just a small one then it could be uh, repaired but if it only comes out when you're having pregnancies it's obviously uh, not a significant hernia um does it increase your risk of complications i suppose marginally liz if if we know you've got a hernia there and sometimes we can um demonstrate the hernia by making you increase your abdominal pressure you know like we, when we test your muscles lifting your head and shoulders off the bed or lifting in a straight leg raise, lifting both legs off. If you feel around your belly button and tense those muscles, you might be able to feel that defect. So sometimes you can clinically feel the defect. So if you know you've got a defect there, then does it make it more risky? I guess potentially a little bit if you're repairing a hernia, because you're putting stitches in the abdominal wall. But you know, not significantly. Um, uh, don't know. Uh, what's your opinion on BII? BII, this is rosalina on instagram bii breast implant illness um, i'm assuming that is what you mean uh, my opinion on breast implant illness is that it seems to be a thing and there are definitely people out there who have symptoms so what breast implant illness is people with sin, uh, silicone implants who feel unwell in some way and feel it's related to their implants and then you remove the implants and they feel better. Now from a medical point of view, there's no evidence to say that silicone implants can make you feel unwell. The symptoms are often non-specific, like uh, tiredness, brain fog, lethargy, hair loss, skin rashes, joint pains. Um, and you know if someone comes to this they say, Look, we can't guarantee it's due to your implants because we haven't got any evidence to say that silicone implants can cause these symptoms however when you remove the implants they get they feel better straight away and i have seen that happen i have seen people who have these um symptoms and you remove the implants and they say oh my god i feel so much better I feel great you know so it is a thing that is my that is my opinion on it however i don't see it very often i use a lot of breast implants and i don't see it very often uh, and I do think that people who suffer from it are quite vocal in the social media world. So it may be that it seems to be very common if you sort of go searching for it. Certainly in my life and in my practice, I don't see it very often. But having said that, I have seen it, and it seems to be a thing. Do you get many patients who get their implants explanted? So um, in my so in my patients, in my own patients, I have. Um, never seen a patient with breast implant illness i have treated patients with breast implant illness who've had surgery elsewhere i'm not i don't think it's surgeon dependent but i just say it's, it's clearly not that common but yes i have seen people who've had their implants explanted um, as i say i have seen people with breast implant illness um, the main thing i guess for explantation is capsular contracture that would be the main uh, concern and I did have one patient who had pain, persistent pain, which I think there's a question here on it about um, who had the implants explanted. And again, I couldn't guarantee that that would make the pain better because it's very uncommon for implants to cause pain. In long-term, short-term, yes, but long-term, no. So I'm like, I can't guarantee this will get better, but she was adamant and I removed the implants and the pain was better, so, you know. Yeah, there we go. Uh, thanks, Rosalina, thanks for the questions. Um, my nipples have looked purple since my breast lift is this normal now i looked at this question and i immediately went to see who asked the question because i have a a spreadsheet here with all the people who've asked the questions and and it doesn't say so um no that's not normal So if that is my patient, I need to see you or send us a photo, uh, that is not normal. So um, one of the problems or one of the risks with breast lift is the vascularity, the blood supply of the nipple can be um, compromised, which means that if it doesn't get enough blood, then it can go purple and you can actually lose a nipple. Nipple necrosis is a risk of breast lift. Now, it's very rare, but it's out there. And so you have to be aware of it. And it's more related to breast reductions, particularly big big breast reductions. But it is a thing. So you have to be careful. So it might be that they're just a bit purpley, a bit battered and bruised, a bit knocked about um, and going to be fine. Or it might be that they're in trouble. So that is... A question which you don't really like seeing at your uh, on your Facebook live because you're thinking hold on a minute I need to see well if it's my patient I need to see this person and if it's not my patient you whoever you are you need to go and see your doctor and send them a photo at least and get an opinion as to you know what you mean by purple because um, if it's just looking a bit knocked about and a bit bruised and a bit pinky purple that's okay but if it looks a bit sort of darky blacky purple then that's not great because that is a risk so, yeah, not a great one, but uh, yeah, seek help, whoever that is. Um, what have we got here? How long post-birth do you have to wait for a mummy makeover? Danny, I've got that question here, because you asked on the thing, didn't you, Danny? On the little thing, I've made a note of that. I've made a note, so thank you, Danny. So how long, I've got it on here. Uh, how long after birth do you have to wait for a mummy makeover? Minimum is six months Danny and ideally one year for two reasons one reason is your breasts and your stomach will recover after the stretching and the breastfeeding etc and the birth so that's why it's minimum of six months to let your body recover from the from the birth and the second thing, and the longer you leave it to recover, the better, but I'll say the minimum six months. But I think it's hard to have this surgery. Mummy makeover is quite a big op. And again, we're not doing mummy makeovers at the moment because of the COVID, because that's a joint procedure. But anyway, it's hard to recover from a mummy makeover with a six-month-old baby. So I think it's a little bit easier when the child's a year, if they're walking, a bit more manageable, maybe. So I think that those two reasons, letting your body recover and let your child get a bit more mobile, uh, a year would be where I would be on that one. Danny also, Danny's back in. How many sizes smaller can you go with reduction? Sorry for all the questions. Sorry for all the questions. Whoa, come on. We love it. We love the questions. So how many sizes smaller can you go with reduction? Um, Well, basically, Danny, the bigger you are, the, um, the more you can go down, if that makes sense. So if I say two or three cup sizes... That doesn't mean if you're a D, you can go to an A. Does that make sense? But if you're a JJ, you can go to a, what's what's a few less than that? Anyway, I don't know is the answer. Um, Broadly speaking, you know, when you talk cup sizes, you talk 150 cc's or 150 grams is a cup size. And you can take, you know, one and a half kilos off a breast so is that 10 cup sizes can you take 10 i don't know how it works eh? i don't know how it works so you can take a lot off a breast basically you can take a kilo or more off a breast but we don't tend to once we get to that stage of the very big breasts we don't you know the the cup sizes pale into uh, become a bit blurred so um, several is the answer and the bigger they are the more you can take off let's answer the question Sabotage! I've seen B and A, B and A, as before and after. I'm guessing pictures from a few surgeons whereby the nipple post op shape looks quite slanted slash jagged instead of round. How is this avoided, or how can you make sure the nipple is circular? Really good question, sabotage. And I'm assuming this is caused by the skin stretch when stitching back together. Now the problem with sabotage, this comes back to the question earlier where the patient wanted to make sure they got a good result. You cannot um guarantee stuff like this and it's really frustrating as a surgeon because what i want to do is i want to make sure that everything is perfect for you and i want to make sure that the nipple is a perfect circle and everything's brilliant and we've got things when we do the surgery to make a circular you know a a nipple marker a nipple ring make a circle cut a perfect circle make everything absolutely perfect and then you look at it six weeks later and it's an oblong and it's not a circle and it's, it's not quite round and all that now the first thing I say is nipples are never circular anyway. Natural nipples aren't circular, so you know that's good because it's natural. And secondly, you just cannot predict how the skin's going to heal and how the scar is going to settle. So you can make it a perfect circle, but then the scar will always settle and it never is, basically. So I don't. Uh, so in answer to your question, how can you? Uh, how can this be avoided i don't know and if you and and make sure the nipple is circular and sabotage if you find out please let me know because i would love to know how you can make sure the nipple ends up round now i'm not saying it's like really way off it's always sort of round but it's never perfectly round just because of the way the body heals um so what we got here rebecca is a breast lift and reduction different is so is there a difference in cost thanks um there is a difference in cost, Rebecca, but they're not that much difference, to be, to be honest with you. A, a reduction and a lift are very similar surgeries, and certainly the markings that we use are very similar. Uh, and basically, a reduction is for someone who wants their breast to be smaller uh, and lifted, whereas a lift is someone who just wants their breast to be lifted. So if it's just the shape you don't like and you're happy with the size, then it may be that a lift is what you want. But if they're too big, then it may be that a reduction is what you want. So they're very similar operations. And the only difference is that with a lift, we just remove skin. And with a reduction, we remove skin and breast tissue. And um, therefore, a reduction is a bigger operation. You're isolating the nipple more because you're removing tissue from around the nipple. you're, you're often removing more skin. So there's more of a lift involved. So There's more scarring. So there's often more scarring with a uh, reduction. So the horizontal scar is often longer than it might be with a lift, not always, but often. And we send away the tissue for histology. So there's costs involved in that. There's more risks in terms, the risks are the same in terms of wound healing and nipple sensation and all problems with the nipple, etc. But then m- more a risk with a reduction. So everything's more with a reduction more potential scarring, more um, risks and more costs. So yes, reduction is more expensive uh, than a lift uh, for those reasons. Um, good question, thank you. Can you have a, jab, a flu jab four weeks post-op? Hi, Rosie, how you doing? Good to see you here tonight. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fine, Rosie. Absolutely fine. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah hey have you started doing GA procedures again xzds5 yes yes i have but we're keeping it simple so we're trying not to do bigger procedures we're trying not to do joint procedures as in breast and tummy we're trying not to do anything on anyone who's anything more than an asa1 asa1 being a healthy person with no medical problems so we're trying to just keep it within those that parameter and that brings me on to this question here are you currently operating on type one diabetes patients and dubious type one diabetes, you know, maybe I've got to be honest. And the other thing I would say, actually, and I probably should have said this earlier, everything I say is based on what, where we are as of now, as of today, things could get worse tomorrow. Things could get better tomorrow. Let's be positive, but you know, things change on a regular basis, but as of today, um, that would be on a case by case basis whether we did a surgery on a type one diabetes it depends on the surgery. So if it's a smaller operation, if it's a minor procedure, mole or some of that, yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. Uh, I mean, the thing about diabetes is you have got increased risk of infection. That's the problem with diabetes. Uh, if it's a bigger operation, we might think twice. Let me put it like that. We might think twice, especially as we stand right here and now, because we stand in a fairly grim situation in terms of the. Um, uh, availability in the terms of the capacity of the NHS. it's fairly um, dire to be honest with you. So uh, we certainly don't want to put any pressure on that and we do, and we are trying to avoid anyone that has anything. So a type 1 diabetes would probably push you into an ASA2 you see so you wouldn't be that ASA1 grade which has got no medical problems. So yeah, that would be a, that would be a question there to, to be asked. Would you get a better result if you had lipo around the hips and inner thighs with a tummy tuck procedure? Did I have that last week? Anyway, um, would you get a better result? Yeah, around the hips, yes, I did have this. I remember asking answering this question. Um, hips, yes. Inner thighs wouldn't have no effect. Well, the reason the hips, yes, is because with a tummy tuck it's quite nice to contour the sides sometimes and so you know with it so doing a bit of lipo to the to the to the hips can be nice to contour the whole sides um the thighs is seems to be a different sort of cosmetic area so um you know you can combine lipo to the thighs if you are going to do lipo to the thighs i would say lipo to the outer thighs the inner thighs does not respond quite as well to lipo than the outer thighs. Um, so I'm not a big fan of doing lipo to the inner thighs. So, yes, hips, inner thighs, less so. Um, Rebecca says, Thank you, Rosie said, Thank you, doing well. Good to hear, Rosie. Good to hear. And um, why is my tattoo not suitable for excision photo? Um. So here we have a tattoo. Uh, can we do that? Uh-huh. Ah. Oh, look at that background. What's that? What is that? Ba- Sorry, Instagram. I've got a background on Facebook of trees. And how do I change that background? I didn't. I never realised I had a background. How do I change that background? Anyway, now is not the time. Now is not the time. Kitter background. There. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Reply. is that better? Anyway, sorry. Right, stop messing with the background man. Okay, there, none, none background, is that better? None. Um, So this tattoo is not suitable, correct. Uh, Why is my tattoo? So Instagram, I'll describe it to you. It's a rose between the breasts in sort of like the cleavage area between the breasts. And it's sort of quite wide here, and then it narrows to a short stem. So there are aspects of the tattoo which are favourable in that the shape. It is long and thin because it's a rose, which is good. So that is a good thing. Um, so round tattoos are bad. Long and thin tattoos are good because then we sort of we can potentially cut them out. Because the way that I do tattoo removal is by excision, I cut them out. Um, The reason this one is not suitable is because of the location, it's in the cleavage area and uh, the cleavage area is a very, obviously, cosmetically sensitive area. So it'd leave a nasty scar, number one. There's a huge risk of a bad scar in terms of keloid scar. Very high risk of keloid scar in that area, which would be very unsightly. And secondly, it is quite wide actually, even even though it's not that wide, but it is quite wide. The problem is that th- this patient here on the photo has got quite a narrow cleavage. I'm not, you'll have to see without a bra on. I don't know if there's a bra on there, but I uh, have to see without a bra and, uh, but, but it looks like the breasts are relatively close together. So if you remove that skin between the breasts and you bring the breasts next to each other, then you would potentially create what's called a simastia, where the breast sort of merges into one. Uniboob, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. You ever heard of that? Uniboob simastia, it's Sort of a web between the breasts. And it's often caused, well, not often caused, but it's a risk after breast augmentation if the implants are too wide and the pockets sort of merge into each other and it's a really hard problem to fix. And I would worry that you could potentially cause sin by taking this tattoo off, by obliterating that very nice crisp cleavage that's a very important landmark on on the breast, uh, where the sort of medial aspect of the breast is. So that tattoo, sadly, is not suitable for excision, I'm sorry to say. Back in the room. Can you explain what nipple grafting means, please? Yes. So nipple grafting means taking the nipple off and putting the nipple back on again. So it's what I think a lot of people think. That's how you do a breast lift and a breast reduction, but it's not. It's quite, certainly in my hands, it's quite a rare technique. So with a breast lift and a breast reduction, you're moving the nipple. The nipple's at a low place and you're moving it to a high place. And a nipple graft means you take the nipple off literally, you put it on the table, you know, you wrap it in a warm swab, you do the surgery, and then you prepare a bed and you put it back as a skin graft, just like you had a burn and putting a skin graft on. So, you, can, you know, you can put the nipple wherever you want. And it's really for people with a massive breast reduction who have, would have a very long pedicle, a very long stalk of their nipple otherwise. Because what I do is I tend for, for pretty much all the lifts and, and vast majority of reductions. I would keep the nipple attached. So I would cut a circle, as I say, perfect circle, as I say, and then take all the skin around it and take some tissue around it, but keep a stalk of tissue attached. And that stalk will keep the blood supply and nerve supply going to the nipple. That's called a pedicle. And that will give a better blood and nerve supply to the nipple than a nipple graft. And it would only really be a really big reduction when you do a nipple graft. The problem with a nipple graft is you lose projection of the nipple, you always lose sensation, um, and now you could argue you'd lose sensation with a big breast reduction anyway, but at least you've got a chance of having sensation, um, and um, uh, and and you can lose pigment, so you can get depigmentation of the of the sort of lighter patches in the nipple. So it's not without its problems, but certainly for a massive breast reduction, it's got a place. But it's not quite as common as I think people would perhaps um, potentially think. How long does it take for lipo swelling to settle down completely? So this is, I know who this is. This is someone who's had a uh, tummy tuck with liposuction. So um, it starts, I would say, around three months, which is quite a long time. Um, It starts, and I think you get an idea where you're going to be, what you're going to look like around three months. Completely, I would say, minimum six months but maybe 12 months maybe even longer than that maybe even a year everyone's different that's the problem everyone's different and a lot of people say i'm wishy-washy but the problem is sometimes it's hard to give clear answers to these questions it is different in everybody and some people are six months are fantastic looks great no problem some people are still a bit swollen skulls quite red and think oh god it's not quite there yet you know a year i would say the majority are there a year but still you can have still some improvements even going on after that so it can you know three months starts six months you're doing well if you if you if you've all completed it at six months uh, same with the sensation and everything and the scar and all that. It's all the same you know it does take a while for it all to properly settle um after breast augmentation surgery approximately when is it okay to bring in exercise so two weeks approximately two weeks so Straight away you can do walking and stuff, but two weeks. but then I would say to you leave off your upper body. So do lower body, walking, um, cross trainer with your legs, exercise bike, but not running because of the impact, and not upper body stuff, you know not not gym. I would say you want to leave it at least a month, at least a month for the upper body. and then at a month, listen to your body if it doesn't if it's all settled down, if it's not swollen. You can start to maybe do a bit of upper body start or running and things. And if it hurts, then back off. But if it's okay, then that's okay. So, you know, about a month, let's start doing that. Is there, or is there a risk of capsic contracture depending on the size of the breast implant? Good question. And I'm going to say easy answer no because capsular contracture is scar tissue forming around the implant. So it doesn't really matter if it's a tiny little implant or it's a massive, very big implant. So the scar tissue is gonna form around the implant. But I would, having thought about that, what I would, the, the thing about capsular contracture, capsular contracture is measured by how much you can see or feel the implant. So therefore your bigger implant is gonna be more likely to see or feel it so in the same person in the same person if the person's considering having a small implant or a big implant the bigger implant is going to have less tissue covering it because the same that you you know you've got same amount of tissue covering it so um in in the same person if they're considering having a bigger implant you're more likely to feel the edges of that implant if it's bigger and therefore if it does develop capsular contracture and go hard it's going to come quicker with a bigger implant Does that make sense? So not necessarily a bigger implant is worse than a smaller implant, because what you try and do is make the implant in proportion to the frame and have enough cover over it, whoever you are. So a smaller person would maybe have a smaller implant than a bigger person, which would give the same result, and their risk of capsic contracture will be the same. But in the same person, have I overcomplicated this question? I think I should have just stuck with no. Maybe I should have stuck with no at the beginning. Anyway, perhaps we can edit that out. But anyway, no, not in itself, but in the same person, if you're pushing the boundaries of the size of the implant and you're making it more like to feel, then when it does develop capsic contracture, you're going to feel that quicker. Oh, that went better in my head than I think it did when coming out. Watch the playback on that one. I don't want my mole fully excised. Can I get it reduced? What the heck? Who is this? Wow, um, it's a bit of an old question, isn't it? I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture that. I'm trying to think of the, the situation for that. Um, well, I guess, I guess so. Yeah. If you want to get it reduced, yeah. I mean, you can do a partial excision of a mole. Um, I preface that with if there's any worry that it might be a skin cancer, then no. If there's any worry that it might be a skin cancer, we need to biopsy it and biopsy the whole mole. Um, but certainly, people who have large moles, large nevi, people who have giant nevi, you can take them off in, in pieces, in bits. So it is not, you know, there is a precedent to take part of a mole up if these are really huge ones. Um, I don't really know what the context of this is. I don't know who who this person is or why they would only want part of it excised. Maybe it's a large one in the scalp or something, and there's a bit bit visible here, and there's more in the scalp. That might be a sort of, and they just want the bit that's visible. Maybe that's the sort of thing that would that would work. Um, but yeah, in principle, yeah. I had uh, polyurethane implants for a few years. I've got I. I haven't got any pain, but I can feel it like a ridge lump. Could this just be the implant? Yes. And this is often the problem with polyurethane implants. And you can usually, uh, not usually, but you could often feel it early on. Now, I usually tell people it takes about a year for it to settle. So this patient's saying she's had them in for a few years and she can still feel it. So that is, an op- that is a potential, but usually it's scar tissue growing into it. And the scar tissue then softens over time. So, the answer is yes, it could be the implant because it is a thing with polyurethane implants. Sometimes they feel, you can feel a ridge, but as I say, it usually settles. So, what I would say in answer to that question is anytime anyone has a lump or a problem of like that, they immediately think it's the implant and say, Is it this? And there's a, get it checked out. Come and see me. Let me examine you. Let me, because I think this is my patient. Um, let me examine you let me see what's what just to check it's the implant because I don't want to be saying to you yeah 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 it's the implant don't worry about it and you've got a breast lump you know so you've got to remember there's a breast there so we've got to make sure that it's not a breast lump so um, you know I I would need to see and see what's what's going on there but yes it's there is a chance it could just be the ridge of the implant that uh, that can sometimes be the the um, culprit but with any breast lump you need to get it checked out so Um please come to the clinic. Wow. I mean that was a good one. Claudio is here. Um I've had some cracking questions. I'm out of questions there. But I gotta be honest, do you like my on-air um sign? I got that for Christmas. Yeah. Didn't know where to put it, I wanted to put it on the wall, but I wanted my um my uh followers, you know, my uh I think my followers deserved it, but Instagram can't really see it. You can see if I do that. Yeah. On air. In fact, is it the wrong way around on Instagram? It's the wrong way around on my screen. It's the right way around on on Facebook, but it looks the wrong way around. But I was gonna, we were going to put it outside the room, but I thought, no, my followers deserve that. Yeah. That's for you guys, yeah? You people, yeah? Smash that like button. Click subscribe. Mm, you do that on YouTube. Well, this is going on YouTube. So, just smash the like button on YouTube and click subscribe. And if you haven't gone into my YouTube channel, I've got 1,000. Yeah, you heard me right 1,000 followers or subscribers or whatever it is on YouTube. Yeah. So, that's what you're looking at here YouTuber and all this other stuff. Unbelievable. Beard matching the jumper. We've got it all going on here. Right. Wow, I'm clearly a very busy man, so I will leave, what time is it? 1958, so I should be able to get the second Antiques road trip in. If there's no questions, obviously if there's questions, well, if there's questions, post them on the messages, message me, you know, direct message and all that sort of stuff. I'd love to hear from you. And I am going to be back next week, same time, same place. Megan Arnott's joined. Um, Same time, same place. Jackie, what are you still doing here? Honestly, go and get into the party. I'm sure there's a party going on in the kitchen. Get in there and, you know, come on, party on. Um, I will be here, same time, same place. And uh, if you have any questions, please do. Uh, thank you, Beck. Beck's immons or Beck's or Beck Simmons. It's probably Beck Simmons, isn't it? Thanks, Beck. Um, good to see you. And good one for using the hashtag, even though you're not asking a question. That's the sort of thing. People over on Facebook have asked a question and not used the hashtag. Beck Simmons has actually used the hashtag and not even asked a question. That's that's commitment for you. Okay. That's how we get that hashtag trending. Hmm? is that a thing hashtag trending i don't even know what i'm talking about when i talk about hashtag trending but anyway i'm gonna say it so good one beck simmons uh nice one jackie good to see you all i'm gonna check myself out of here Uh, but don't fear i'll be back 7 p.m tuesday next week and let's hope the world looks like a better place then and listen people you stay safe and you stay safe and uh, let's do the right thing, and let's get the vaccine. And, uh, and have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag #AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.